Hi, I'm Betsy Borns, and you're listening to The Broadcast, featuring the artists who perform at The Broad Stage here in Santa Monica, California. Today, I'm speaking with Bela Fleck and Abigail Washburn. Ever wonder what happens when you mix the world's premier banjo player, with 14 Grammy Awards to prove it, and a singing, clog-dancing, claw-hammer, banjo-playing Ted Fellow? Well, you're about to find out. In addition to being married, Bela Fleck and Abigail Washburn tour, perform, and record together. In our talk, we discuss everything from the Ballad of Jed Clampett to playing the banjo for God. Trust me, this is one you won't want to miss. Your Broad performance featured songs from your Grammy-winning dual record, which was from 2014. What was the inspiration for your first dual album? We made a baby. (laughs) A, li- was, a literal was, human baby. Yeah, that was that was the that was that was what got it all started. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. A lot of yeah. people have babies, but very few get albums out of it. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Well, I think <laughs> it comes down to the usual scenario for a musician is they have a child, and now the father, usually it's the father, usually goes out on tour and and is gone all the time, and he's really uh, uptight about making money for the family, so he's gone even more. Right. And then they get fractured and separated a lot of times. They don't end up with the kind of time with the family they would hope for. And in this case, we didn't want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And and so Abby had been pushing me back for years. I've been saying, let's, we need to do our duo. We need to do our duo. And she said, no, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And when we... Mostly because I wanted to keep building my career. So right. by the time we played together, I felt I really... Uh, brought something in terms of the business side of things. Because I had been doing it for a lot longer. A lot and, longer, yeah. And she was a little nervous. She would say, well, they'll think that I'm j- you're just playing with me because I'm your girlfriend. And I said, once they hear you sing and play, they're not going to think that, so right. don't worry about it. But So anyway, at this point, um, she, she agreed to, and we both thought it was a great idea. But before that, we only had played music together um, like at Christmas for her... Um, grandmother. Her, her grandmother yeah. and, and her, and her nie- nieces, niece and nephews. And only because Grandma would say, "Hey, play some. Your musicians play something." So we'd be like, well, "We don't play together, but we well, okay. Well, Grandma asked, so we'll I do it." Gunker turned so down Grandma. So we did that. No. A few, a few, you know, a song, and I would play. We'd do something that Abby had already been doing that I kind of knew, and I'd fake it, and it was okay. And then she said, um, "Now you guys are playing at my church." That's and she what announced that, <laughs> that we're you, you guys are playing at my church, my Unitarian, my Unitarian church in Evanston. And uh, and uh, don't tell me you're not. You're doing it. And so we said, well, okay, we're doing it. So now all of a sudden we had to do a whole show. For God this time. Yes. God, <laughs> God was going to be in the audience, exactly. Which was, and so, um, so, but we really still didn't worry about it very much. And uh, I think a couple of days before it, we started rehearsing. And we threw, threw a set list together. And it went so much better than we ever Could've would hoped. have hoped. Because yeah. we discovered that we had some fun chemistry and we you know, really don't on know stage, that. On stage, which you don't know if you're going to have that on stage or not. That right. We had done some yeah. performing before in a group of four people in which I just felt, uh, even though we were a couple, we didn't want that to be the focus of the group. So I And I really didn't say much. And every, it was four strong individuals called the Sparrow Quartet. So none of us really knew what was going to happen when we did a gig. And we really didn't have any expectation or any concern about it. It was just this one thing we were doing for Grandma. Yeah. And it turned out that we had a lot of fun on stage mm-hmm. and we could actually be entertaining for an audience, which was news to me because I'm not, I'm generally try to bomb audiences out. That's my MO. <laughs> Actually, with the Appalachian inspired music, I was wondering if you have personal ties there. I'm from Manhattan. I grew up on 100th Street in West End. So I, I don't have any real ties to uh, to that 
And that's that's just a weird thing about me. And I think for you, I mean, no, my family doesn't have a tie to Appalachia. Even it's mm-hmm. my family's very Midwestern farmers from Minnesota and Iowa and Missouri and. But at least Illinois. you're American. Like I'm from New York, so. <laughs> <laughs> the other Appalachia. <laughs> and and folk, you were both always into folk. You you no, blues. No. I don't think either of us were particularly tuned Bluegrass. into folk music. Uh, when I heard the banjo, that really shook me up, and I still don't know why, because there was no cultural uh, reason for it. It was just something I heard to just knock me out. I read that you heard Earl Scruggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, First, and that yeah. was what started it. Well, it was the Beverly Hillbillies theme, which was Earl Scruggs, which has has actually transformed a lot of um, dormant banjo players into active banjo players, and uh, and I'm one of them. Wow! And um, he had a, a a sound that was just remarkable that changed a lot of people's lives. Abby came at it from a whole other angle. Yeah, I, um, I had spent a lot of time living abroad in China from the time I was about 18, and uh, by the time I was about 21. I think it was, uh, my Chinese friends would ask me about American culture, and I didn't really have a good a good answer. Um, but when I was home and uh, at a party in college, I heard somebody put on a record of Doc Watson singing and playing Shady Grove on the banjo, and I heard it. I heard what I needed to hear in there to share with my Chinese friends, which is a depth, a profundity of American culture that goes back to its ancestors, its ancient, the ancient tone. That's what Bale and I talk about. I heard the ancient tone in there, something so powerful culturally that it could in some way compare it to Chinese culture, that it was something I could be proud of and stand on my two legs with my banjo in my hand and say, this is beautiful. It comes from Africa, Scotland, Ireland. It wouldn't sound like this had it not come to the the mountains of Eastern America. It's so quintessentially, quintessentially American, the banjo. It's just amazing. And I don't know, I've thought about the statistical odds of two fantastic banjo players meeting and then falling in love and getting married. It it has to be one in 10 billion chances. And I congratulate (laughs) you on that. But before we go on, let me just mention that this is always a good good chance to set people straight that might not understand this, that the banjo comes from Africa and that the banjo uh, was brought over by the slaves and that it was a part of the foundation of American music, the blues, all this, all the American music jazz. It was in the early days of Louis Armstrong's band. That was the, the rhythm instrument in that music. And, um, and as time went on, oh, there were banjo orchestras. I in had late no 1800s, idea it was, early it was in Africa. Yes, it's from West Africa. But it's had a lot of life, a lot of different lives, and it's constantly morphing and changing through time as you see it going through different hands. Um, and the place where it gained the most prominence in people's minds currently is bluegrass music right. and old-time music, but that's actually rather recent in terms of the history of the banjo, and and it's not, it's just a tenth of the story, you know. But now it happens to be one of the most amazing American musical offerings that, that has ever come along is, is the banjo's musical life in America. And it did change, and it morphed, and it started to incorporate the melodies of Scotland and Ireland and started to be a part of different communities throughout all the hollers of Appalachia, so it wasn't just a black instrument. And then when Earl Scruggs got it, he hot-rodded it with his new three-finger mm-hmm. fancy picking style, and he came to New York and played at Carnegie Hall, and everybody called him the Paganini of the banjo. But, you know, the, before, years before he was around, people were playing classical music on the banjo in the late late 1800s. So it's 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 um, it's just a preconception that's gotten stuck. We've all gotten stuck with. And, and as it's banjo country. players, yeah, yeah, it's just a piece of the story. Yeah, that is surprising. Uh, it's rare. People rarely know 
the origin of music and instruments. And it's rare uh, for the banjo that it has morphed into so many cultures. Um, some instruments, it feels, perhaps I'm wrong, are stuck in certain cultures, although it's the, the violin and the fiddle certainly does that. Yeah, mm -hmm. guitar as well. You know, you can play rock guitar, you can play classical guitar, you can play bluegrass guitar, right. play folk music, you can play Latin music on, you know, it's-, it's I can't play some any instruments. <laughs> you, you meaning everyone. Yeah. I wanted to ask also about your upcoming collaboration, the album. I know that it's political, which is not something I think either of you are known for in the past. Why, why political now? Well, is it political? I, I wouldn't call it political. Mm. But it's I reflective. Would, it's reflective okay. of, of uh, what what life is like now. I guess that thing about uh, about uh, sending um, capitalism into the darkest bits of hell might be considered slightly political. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's. But that might not you know, make the record if too is, many people. Marx, I think, so. would consider it political. <laughs> yeah. but I don't know about about uh, Angle. But that's not our song. It's, that's it's, someone else's. It's historical uh, from coal mining communities. Um, yeah. So that's that that particular phrase comes from a song that was written by a woman in the 1920s who had dealt gone through the Great Depression in a coal mining community as a mother, and uh, and wife and daughter of coal miners, and so she had a strong, strong feelings, feelings about what being in that economic environment was like. Right. Yeah. And but, do you does it reflect? Do songs in it reflect? Well, for instance, there's a song about refugees. We didn't know what the song was about when it finally came to write the verses and we started singing lines that something about it resonated with us. And this yodel came into it. And Abby realized that what she was keying into was the story of an, um, of an Austrian um, sheep herder who was ferrying um, refugees through Austria. To, uh, um, Hans Brewer. It was recently came up in... Uh, what's going on now? Yeah. Yeah, it's what's going on now. Right. And, just and his up... family had gone through the Holocaust, and he's Jewish, a Jewish-Austrian sheep herder. And I thought, what a what an amazing combination of things. And so one of our songs is inspired by his his boldness, his history, his ancestral calling to go to the oh, border so of Hungary and pick up Syrian refugees and bring them into Austria. But also about that feeling when you, you hear something on the news and you go, isn't that a shame, honey? Oh, yeah, I wish there was something I we could do. I wish we could do something about it. So you that's know, one This song. guy actually did something. So yeah. that was So that's not, we're really not taking a side. We're just sort of... This is the time it's an we're observation yeah. and a, a musical on. reflection. Yeah. There's another song yeah. about uh, about don't let it bring you down. Like don't let all these. It didn't go the way you wanted. If you're if you're half the country, and doesn't mean that the world is over. You you got to fight for your good attitude and go continue to do things that are you believe in. Right. So there's a song that like that. It's not we're not really pointing the finger at one side or the other. That's a beautiful um, message because I think a lot of people, when the election happened put their head in the sand and said, oh, my God, and really the opposite Needs should be done. It's wonderful that mm -hmm. you have that message. Well, a lot of people are really stepping out and, and, and being heard right now, so that that's a good outcome, um, you know, whatever you wherever you stand on it. Yeah, and I, Bela and I, we live in Tennessee. We're surrounded by people who supported the, ch the kind of changes that are happening right now, and it was it was hard for us at first, but now we just realize that this is, this is what we're in. Right. And so... Um, Let's talk about how to rise up and be a part of the decisions that are happening now and try to veer them in the direction we need them to go in. You know, Which music has a beautiful way of doing. It's not pointing a finger or angrily shaking a sign. Mm -hmm. It's actually, and music sticks in people's minds. Yeah, and it's yeah. really powerful to use the voices of people before us, like Sarah Ogan Gunning or um, the elders who sang these very similar songs in times of, of hardship for them. 
Uh, and so we share some of that on this record as well, showing the patterns of history just do repeat themselves. And mm -hmm. many people have cried out through song to try to shape it and change it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know you have a three-year-old yeah. son. That's our favorite um, topic. Yes. Are you <laughs> teaching him music? Does Is he playing instruments just for fun? Um, There's no bit. doubt that we're teaching him music yeah. just by him being with us and being a part right. of our lifestyle on the road, you know? Um I, but I wouldn't say we're we're giving him lessons. Right. In yeah. fact, Earl Scruggs said, mm -hmm. if you want your child to play the banjo, you put it on the wall, you look at him straight in the face, and you say, don't touch it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I tried that with my kids in math, and they said, okay, I won't ever do math. <laughs> I'll tell you this. He just um, – Abby dances in our show, and he – he just started dancing. He just started oh, step just... dancing, and nobody taught him a, a bit of it, and now he comes out and dances with some, us a little some bit. Some nights he does. Yeah, he'll dance. I think he's, it's always up to him. We are not going to be stage yeah, parents no. that flog our child into coming out on stage. Yeah. So it'll be up to him, but we always welcome him every fourth show, I'd say, because he needs to get his rest, and, yeah. and staying up till 8.30 is pretty late When it's for fun him. for him. It's fun, and yeah. then he can't go to sleep till 10. Because right. he's all wired from, he's, he's all so wired. excited from running out. And so do people go crazy? Up till tonight, oh, yeah. because Santa Monica, we've got family here, so he's, He wants them to see him dance. Yeah, he's, yeah I think he's going to come out tonight. Yeah, yeah I hope so. I'm I'm coming and I'm oh, so excited. <laughs> uh, I'm really coming to see him. I hope it's okay. Uh, but <laughs> Juno Juno is uh, the headliner. I heard, uh, but you're a hell of an opening act. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys in Juno. Juno and you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Sure, absolutely. Pleasure. Thank you. I'd like to thank my guests Bela and Abigail, and of course the Broad Stage. The broadcast is hosted and produced by myself, Betsy Bournes, and produced and edited by Christian Humes. Music composed by Matt Rapoli. Please be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast platform. We also ask that you take a moment to share it with a friend or write a review. Unless it's a bad review, then just shut down your computer and take a nice nap. And remember, I'm talking to you. So thanks for listening. <laughs>